Hi, I'm Joy Howard, editor of Brigham Health Magazine. Welcome to today's topic on breast cancer advancements, brought to you by Brigham Health. We provide the latest information on today's health topics directly from our experts. In this live recording from a Brigham Health event hosted by philanthropists Karen and Rob Hale, Brigham doctors tell us about the incredible work they are doing to redefine care and treatment for patients with breast cancer. We'll hear from Dr. Beth Mittendorf, the Director of Surgical Research, Dr. Tari King, Chief of Breast Surgery, Dr. Jennifer Bellin, Director of Breast Radiation Oncology, and Dr. Andrea Pusick, Chief of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. Please remember, this information should not take the place of recommendations from your healthcare providers. Let's listen in as Rob Hale kicks off the event. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, uh, friends, family, our extended Brigham family. Thank you for joining us. We're honored to have you. Tonight, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about Brigham, and we're going to talk about breast cancer. This lethal disease attacks the whole world. We are able and blessed to be able to assist Brigham in the fight against this disease. So no more families will have that pain. To further define the Brigham's role in cancer care, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Elizabeth Mittendorf. I was told to read your title. <laughs> Which, when, you, when I get there, you guys are going to understand why. <laughs> Hang on for a minute, it takes a little while. Um, Director of Surgical Research for the Dana-Farber Brigham and Women's Cancer Center, and this is the caveat that's a little embarrassing, the Robin Karen Hale Distinguished Chair in Surgical Oncology. Give a big round of applause. Thanks to uh, Rob and Karen for hosting us in their just absolutely lovely home. And clearly you now know that I have a debt of gratitude to Rob and Karen. It was really their support of the Brigham and the Department of Surgery that allowed for me to be recruited here to, uh, to the Brigham. Um, before I go too much further, I wanted to acknowledge two folks who are here, Dr. Daphne Hoskogan, who is the Chair of Radiation Oncology at the Brigham, and Dr. Jerry Doherty, who is the Chair of Surgery at the Brigham. Um, and I would like to thank Dr. Doty for uh, recruiting me. He and my colleague, Dr. Terry King, convinced me that um, the work that I was doing at MD Anderson had prepared me well to take advantage of all the opportunities that we have here in Boston. Before I came here, I was at the MD Anderson Cancer Center. I would suggest that by most metrics, I was doing pretty well. I had a research program that was focused on understanding how the immune system can recognize and fight cancer. But I would suggest that my efforts were very siloed. It was my program. As a breast program, we working, we're not working well together as a team. And what Jerry and Terry convinced me was that if I were to come here, I'd have the opportunity to work with nationally and internationally renowned multidisciplinary experts to really redefine how we take care of breast cancer patients. And I'm really thrilled to be here this evening with some of those colleagues who I'm going to introduce you to momentarily. Some of the work that they're doing, which is just so incredibly innovative and novel and really has set the, the standard for how patients with breast disease should be cared for. I have the privilege of serving as the MC here to, again, 
I introduce you to a few of my colleagues who I'm going to limit to five minutes. And I think when you hear the stories they're going to tell you about the programs they're developing, you're going to understand why I had enthusiasm for, for joining their group. So without any further ado, we're first going to hear from Dr. Terry King, who is the Chief of Breast Surgery at the Brigham. And she's going to be talking a little bit about her innovative work in prevention. Terry? Thank you. Thank you, Ben. I'd like to also thank Robin Karen and our hosts and hostesses uh, this evening. It's a real pleasure. Um, and I've never really spent a Tuesday night any place more beautiful than this. So, um, so thank you again. Um, and before I really start into the work that I want to do, I want to just share one other little tidbit with you because I think you'll see a, a common theme here tonight. Um, I've been here at the Brigham now for four years. I spent the first 15 years of my career at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City. And again, as Beth said, thought I was doing pretty well. Um, Jerry wasn't here yet to recruit me, but his uh, predecessor, uh, Dr. Mike Zinner, who Robin Karen know, um, along with our colleagues at the Dana-Farber, um, asked me to come over from, from Sloan Kettering and uh, run the breast surgery program here at the Brigham and the Farber. And uh, as Beth said, it has been... Um, nothing short of an amazing experience and we've accomplished a lot together. It's wonderful to pull your team together and see what you can do. So one of the things that we've been doing as a breast surgery uh, group at the Brigham is um, really try to, trying to take care of the rest of the family, everybody who comes in contact with the breast cancer patient. So as a breast cancer surgeon, I see women and men every day, all week, who are diagnosed with breast cancer. And for every one of those patients that I see, there's a mother, there's a daughter, there's a sister, there's a friend who now wants to know what they should do. Should they be worrying about that thing that they thought they felt last month or not? Or how does their mom having breast cancer now impact their risk? And while you know and you've heard that Dana-Farber is a wonderful resource for our patients with cancer, there's not a home at Dana-Farber for our patients who are worried about getting cancer or want to understand their risk of cancer. And so we developed a special program in the Brigham called BPREP. BPREP stands for Breast Cancer Personalized Risk Assessment, Education, and Prevention. And anybody can walk through our doors. The program is housed at the Brigham Breast Center in the hospital. Anybody can come in to learn about risk, can come in if they think they're concerned about something they're feeling or seeing. Uh, and everybody gets a comprehensive risk assessment. We have an electronic survey. We collect not only the standard things that all the women in the room are used to being asked, like how old were you when you started your periods and how many babies do you have? But we ask women about their exercise. We ask women about their diet. We ask them about other lifestyle factors that we're learning more and more about and how that impacts risk. But importantly, we provide women with individualized strategies for screening, and for prevention. And when we say prevention, we're not just talking about, again, your typical medical or surgery options, but we talk about exercise, we talk about lifestyle, we run clinical trials that test these interventions to see uh, how we can make an impact on one day getting rid of this disease, because Beth and I would really like to be out of jobs one day. Um, so we're very excited. The program has been running for about two years now. It was initially supported by a grant from the Komen, Susan Susan Komen for the Cure Foundation. Um, and uh, we've got a lot of momentum. We've evaluated over 4,000 women in the program. And like I said, uh, really successfully accruing to some really novel uh, clinical trials. And so happy to see any and all of, of you or your family members um, in the Brigham at the BPREP program. Just a couple more words before she pulls me off stage. Um, 
when we move from primary prevention, so of course we'd like to prevent the disease altogether, but we also have early detection. And the earliest lesion that we detect is called DCIS or duct carcinoma in situ. It's non-invasive breast cancer. It's not life-threatening, but it's a problem in the breast. And so it is managed by surgeons and radiation oncologists. We don't need medical oncologists to take care of DCIS patients. And so we actually are <coughs> developing, again, a program, a programmatic effort around DCIS. The good news about DCIS is women don't die of DCIS. The challenging part about DCIS is that there's so many different treatment options and it's hard sometimes to choose which one is right for the individual. And so we are also running several clinical trials now specifically focused on women with DCIS and really looking to build a patient resource and education center and program around this form of the disease, this pre-cancer or stage zero breast cancer, uh, to really help more women through these difficult decisions about what to do when there's choices. Sometimes it's harder when you have choices uh, to make with these, with these decisions. So early prevention, secondary prevention, um, the surgeons, the radiation oncologists, and our, our team of specialists, um, we really think this is a really important endeavor, and we are proud to be able to do this at the Brigham. Thank you. Yeah, it's hard to... Um underestimate the value of trying to tailor a prevention strategy to the individual. One issue that we have with prevention when we use the hammer and nail approach is that patients tend not to be receptive or adherent with it. If you're told just take a pill, it's less impactful than if you go through a rigorous evaluation such as only available through the BPREP program and you really understand why you're being counseled for the preventive measure. So really outstanding work. Um, the next colleague that I'd like to introduce you to I've actually known since medical school. Um, then we went separate. Just, just two years ago. Just yeah, okay. last year. Last year when we graduated from medical school, right now. So Dr. Jennifer Bellin is just a tremendous colleague in radiation oncology, um, who's going to be telling us about again a very novel program using MRI to facilitate radiation, something only available at the Brigham. So Jen. Yeah. So thank you so much for having us this evening. It's a pleasure to be here, and, I, and I'm super appreciative of your interest in our department and eager to talk about this new um, program we have using MRI-based technology. So as a radiation oncologist, I'm a geek at heart um, and I love new technology, but this linear new linear accelerator isn't just about cool technology, although it, it certainly is cool, but it's really about improving the lives of our patients. And in that way, I think this is really a game changer. So standard radiation for at least the last 15 years is all based on CT, computer tomography. And, and while that's fantastic for some things, for looking at the bones, for looking at the lungs, it isn't as great for looking at uh, the extremities and soft tissue in the extremities and soft tissue in other places, GI organs treating diseases of the pancreas or of the, um, the stomach and for breast cancer. So when we treat tumors that grow in the soft tissue, like sarcomas or breast cancers, we typically need to treat a larger area, essentially to make sure that we don't miss. But of course, this can mean treating normal tissue, which can increase the chance of long-term side effects. So this past summer, our department installed a special linear accelerator at the Brigham that has a fully integrated MRI scanner. 
this allows us to see the tumor much more precisely and target the radiation more precisely so that we can limit the radiation that goes to the normal tissue surrounding the area. And equally important, it lets us track the tumor in real time so that when a patient is breathing, the machine can move with the tumor and not essentially not miss, but also allow us to put smaller margins on the radiation so that we can track the tumor in real time and really tailor the radiation to the area that we need to treat. And not only that, but we can also take into account changes both in the tumor and the normal tissue in between treatments so we can customize the radiation on a daily basis. So we think that this will also allow us to safely increase the dose of radiation when it's necessary, um, and at the same time, minimizing side effects. So for breast cancer, we think better definition of the lumpectomy site is key to safely limiting the amount of the breast that we need to treat. And this can be particularly helpful in young women who have very dense breasts where it's really hard to visualize the lumpectomy uh, site. And ultimately, we think that this will improve the cosmetic result of our radiation and may also pave the way for combining radiation with new therapies like immunotherapy. So I think we've just started to realize the many ways this new technology will help us achieve the ultimate goal in radiation oncology, and that is tailoring the treatment very precisely to each individual patient's tumor so that the treatment is safe, it's effective, and it has the least possible chance of long-term side effects. And in that way, we really hope to improve the quality of life for our patients. Thank you. So, two thoughts there. I'm taking the MC privilege of being able to comment on everybody's talk. And when we're done, we'll open up to questions from all of you. But um, two thoughts. So one, I mean, what an advance to have a machine that can recognize when a patient who's getting radiation is breathing. Yeah. Imagine how it used to be for them. Like, okay, hold your breath. Uh, okay, breathe. Hold your breath. So, or just make the field bigger to account for the full range of the respiratory right. cycle, which also is, yeah. is an ideal. Yeah. So I sometimes say the OR is like a black box for all other medical disciplines. The radiation oncology suite is that black box to me. And so I actually went and spent a day in the radiation oncology suite and learned a tremendous amount. And this MRI is a game changer. It would have been a game changer for the patient that I saw in my clinic this afternoon, who I operated on about, uh, about a year ago now, who early stage, stage one breast cancer, she's doing phenomenally well. Um, and her biggest concern, she's about 35 years old, is that the breast feels firm and woody and hard. This will change that. All right, so our last but not least speaker is my colleague, Dr. Andrea Pusick, who um, also came to us fairly recently from Memorial Sloan Kettering. Um, Andrea is internationally recognized for her work as a plastic surgeon, but also for her interest in really defining patient-reported outcomes. We are making such great advances in breast cancer care that we're now curing our patients, which means that the treatments that we give them and the side effects they have are critically important to understand. So Andrea has brought with her or is developing here a, a program that, again, is unique to the city, the country, and perhaps even internationally. So I didn't mean to build you up too much. You, uh, <laughs> 
you can you can see that there is a theme going on here in terms of so there was Terry first, and then Terry's like, "Hey, wouldn't you like to come to Boston?" And the conversation with Terry, then I was introduced to Beth, and um, so I've been here a little over a year, and I just have to have delighted to be here. And I, you know, as 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 Beth has said, yeah, it had, had truly has exceeded all expectations. And the other thing that I would say is it's the warmth here. I knew there would be brilliance here, but there is great warmth at the Brigham, and that's something. <laughs> yeah, well, we okay, you know, that's maybe they say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm really just really so grateful to be here, so thanks to all of you for the opportunity. Um, so kind of following on what Beth has just said, so um, in breast cancer care, we used to think that the only thing that mattered was curing the disease. And so clearly we still do a lot about that, we do a lot about that, that's the business of saving lives. But we've also come to appreciate the importance of the quality of our patients' lives. Breast cancer and breast cancer treatment can have a tremendous and sometimes devastating impact on a woman's physical, psychological, social, sexual well-being. And so for women who are undergoing active treatment or for women who are long-term breast cancer survivors, optimizing their quality of life is incredibly important. So all this to say is that um, to truly provide excellence, uh, to truly achieve excellence in breast cancer care, we have to understand our patient's perspective. And so that's what we call so patient report outcomes. And that's really what the Improve Breast Cancer Care Project is all about. It's about collecting patient report outcomes and integrating that into clinical care and to our research. And it's, it's about being truly patient-centered. So on the clinical care side, what the IMPROVE program will allow us to do will be to identify individual patients' unmet needs and to address them. So using cutting-edge technology, data analytics, graphics, IMPROVE will generate real-time actionable reports for the clinical care team. Equally, it will also generate individual's reports for patients to help them understand how they're doing and providing them with targeted links to resources that will help to engage them in their care and empower them in their care. On the research side, IMPROVE will help us to address or find solutions to the unmet needs of all our patients. And so when we, so a patient, a woman entering into the IMPROVE program will be invited to um, contribute her data to clinical studies related to quality of life. And so um, her experience, so those experiences, those outcomes will be key to our evaluation of new surgical techniques, new technologies, and also understand the impact of other treatments like radiation and chemotherapy. I personally really believe that IMPROVE is something that will um, set Brigham and Women's Hospital at the forefront of breast cancer care. Um, I can honestly say this is an area that I work very closely in. There is nothing like this happening anywhere else. But the exciting thing is that if we establish this here, it's something that we can share with other centers so they can improve the quality of care they provide locally to other patients and also engage them in collaborative research and I think really impact on providing a transformative change towards patient-centered care. So I, again, I appreciate your time and attention and, and your support. So again, this is, a, this is a game changer. When our colleagues around the country say they're doing PROs or patient reported outcomes, what that means is days, months, weeks, years after surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, they're getting data and they're putting it into a manuscript that they're then publishing for us to read. What Andrea is talking about is asking the patient the data, giving it to me as I'm about to see the patient in the clinic so I can actually address the concern real time as opposed to finding about it three years later when it's part of a manuscript that we publish. 
So I, 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 don't, I think they are actually a little modest with respect to their comments because the programs that all three of them described are, again, unique to the Brigham, which makes them unique to Boston, unique to the nation. But such impact, and I do think will redefine the way we take care of breast cancer patients. Thank you for listening to Breast Cancer Advancements brought to you by Brigham Health. To hear more from experts at Brigham and Women's Hospital, please subscribe or visit bwhevents.org forward slash listen.